Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and this week our guest is Mike Gandolfo, president of the Pinellas County Classroom Teachers Association. He's been in the news recently because his organization has refused to meet terms offered for their contract with the school district, not just because of money, as many other districts are concerned about, but also because of working conditions. We're going to talk with him about those issues and whatever else he sees coming up as we look towards the next legislative session. Let's get right into our conversation. So, uh, Mike Gandolfo, I want to thank you for taking time to talk with us at the Gradebook Podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I am really interested in the things that you were talking about related to your contract negotiations. While most districts are talking about money, it seems like y'all have other issues that are more important than that. Why is that? Well, I think if you look all across the state um, and you look across the country, you'll see teachers are out there protesting. Um, Yes, they're protesting money because uh, people are being asked to do more for less. Um, and the money, obviously the money's not there, but no no teacher goes into uh, teaching uh, with the intent to get rich. Uh, yes, we'd like to make a living. We'd like a fair wage. Um, uh, you know, we are professionals. Um, but more importantly, we want to be treated as professionals. And uh, as the state is given more and more mandates um, uh, to public education uh, and, and oddly, uh, leaving uh, charter schools free to basically to teach and do what they want. Um, we've been, uh, our job has gotten more and more stressful. And so uh, uh, right now, it's the working conditions that are uh, uh, driving people out of uh, education. We, we have very few people, a lot less than a 40% drop in, in uh, people going into education, uh, into the College of Education. Uh, so we're not getting those young, young teachers anymore. Um, and uh, anybody who's anywhere near retirement, as soon as their financial advisor gives them the, the thumbs up, they, they're gone because they, you know, they're sapping the, the joy of teaching. Uh, and when you do that, you, you, you zap the uh, joy of learning as well. So let's jump into some of those issues. Can you point to a couple of those places specifically in the contract or in the discussions where you feel like it needs to be changed because it's ruining morale or whatever is happening to take that joy out of teaching? Well, there's there's a there's a few things. Um, you know, we've had parents and educators um, barking at uh, Tallahassee, and they finally started to listen to us about uh, um, testing. You know, we were saying that uh, you know parents were upset that their kids were being tested to death, and and it's taking away from uh, uh, instructional time. Well. You know, our district seems to have uh, embraced that that way of business, that way of uh, uh, of educating. And it's more about the accountability of the teacher than it is about the education of the student. 
And, and you know, we have, you know, uh, kindergarten kids that are doing biweekly assessments. Um, what could you possibly assess a kindergarten kid? You know, I mean, those kids need to be learning uh, their social skills, how to, how to share with each other, how, how to be kind to each other. Uh, if, if you take away how to be polite, uh, if you take that away from these kids uh, because you're busy setting them up uh, on a computer, which they don't know how to use because they don't know how to use a mouse, and, and you know teachers are having to bubble in their their uh, uh, answers for them, uh, you're taking a ton of time away from from those kids, and they're not learning what they need to be learning. And so, okay, maybe they're going to walk into the next uh, grade level. Uh, maybe they'll go into first grade knowing a few more letters. Uh, but the problem is uh, they didn't learn how to behave because our teachers didn't have the time to teach them that, their, their social skills. And so the behaviors get worse as the years go on. And then by the time they get into middle school, you know, people are complaining about uh, the these, you know, uh, these behaviors that are taking away from everybody's ability to uh, um, to learn. So what in the con- so what in the contract can be changed in order to achieve what you want, which is more balance? Well, one of the things that's in the contract, I think, it, you know, that um, teachers are having a hard time is uh, the the amount of meetings, the amount of mandatory meetings. Uh, there are a ton of meetings in, in schools. And, and, you know, to their defense, uh, the district's defense, the day isn't long enough. But uh, given the time restraints that we have, to take all of our teachers' time um, and, and have them in meetings all the time, uh, it takes away from the uninterrupted planning. And if you take away from their uninterrupted planning, then uh, during that uninterrupted planning, not only are they um, creating lessons that you want to be uh, creative and engaging for these kids, uh, but you're also uh, contacting parents, you're also um, uh, grading papers um, and, you know, reading essays and so forth. So when, when would you do that if you spend your whole day in meetings? Uh, and, and what's happening is these teachers are either staying real late and, you know, and, and I, I challenge you to go to any school, uh, you know, hours before and hours after, and you'll see in the parking lot that there are still cars in there. Uh, but mostly you're going to find uh, when you walk into a teacher's house, uh, a ton of paperwork sprawled all over their dining room table uh, because that's what they're doing, and that's what they're doing on their weekends. They're working, doing stuff that they should have done or had time to do at work. They're doing it at home. That's interfering with their family time. They they need to be with their families. They need to be. They they have to have a life outside of education, uh, so that they can come in every day with a with a fresh perspective and, and, and be energized. Instead, uh, you're demoralizing them and you're you're beating them down. So meetings and and getting rid of some of those and leaving more time for planning sounds like a key issue for a lot of schools and a lot of teachers. Are there others that um, may be equally important that you're thinking of? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, teachers in in this state have no job security at all. Um, Annual contract teachers can be let go without just cause. Um, And 
without due process at the end of the, any year. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're effective or they're highly effective. So, uh, you know, I have a concern because uh, if you're going to let somebody go who's been rated effective or highly effective, then what's your rationale for that? Well, you don't need cause. But in my book, uh, if it's not performance, which I think their rating would, would nullify that, then the only other reasons are discriminatory reasons. And so how do I, how do I uh, protect our teachers from um, discrimination if they just can let them go, uh, you know, without cause? So, you know, that, that's an issue that I think weighs heavily on, on, on teachers' minds and in administrators as well because our administrators can be let go, uh, uh, you know, the same way. Does that happen often? I'm curious. Does that often happen where a teacher is just let go because somebody doesn't like the way they look or something? Well, you know, a guy could come in and uh, with a gun, he only has to shoot one person in the head for everybody else to be afraid. You know, so it really isn't a matter of how many people this is happening to. Because let's face it, right now they are hurting the teachers. So I expect that this year probably going to be the least amount of non-renewals uh, than we've had in many years. But you know, go back a few years and we had plenty of non-renewals. Uh, and and I, I don't just don't think it's right. And you know, for you to for parents to send their kids to college to become a teacher. Uh, these these kids they go in there they 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 get their degree they do their internship whatever they come into a, a classroom maybe in one of the hardest schools out there uh, you know a, a real challenging environment and uh, at the end of the year instead of coaching them up and, and helping them uh, they just get tossed like so much garbage let's just find the next you know. Uh, somebody else to fill that spot. You know, it, it's you. You've just invested a ton of time and money in in training somebody, but you expect them to come off the shelf perfect. Uh, and that that's just you know, any other trade, you know, uh, any other profession, you, you give them time. Uh, even the trades, yeah, you, you have a four year apprenticeship before they're they're a journeyman. You know, so you know, it just doesn't seem right that. Uh, we're going to invest time and money in, in, and the person is doing the same thing. And then they're just going to be tossed aside like, you know, just so much garbage. Well, I know that the Pinellas School District had negotiated with you in the past something to sort of guarantee teachers their jobs for the future year if they had uh, a good enough evaluation. But then the lawmakers took that power away in the most recent legislative session. So where do you see that happening in the contract that you could recreate some sort of protection well you know here's the thing uh we did have that protection last year we negotiated it uh and after all you know i think pretty hard for for battle we we were able to get it um but uh, yes the the lawmakers uh uh are determined to make sure that uh, uh you know teachers are straddled with uh, 30-year mortgages and uh, one-year contracts uh, uh, and no job security whatsoever. Uh, sort of the opposite of what they do with charter schools, right? They want them to all get 15-year contracts now so that they can be guaranteed with their financial requirements. Yeah, they, they, they can do whatever they want. It's only, uh, and, and, and that's the problem is that they get to do whatever they want and they get uh, taxpayer money. But, you know, your public schools, uh, they don't get to do what, Professional educators know to be right. 
they have to do what uh, some lawmakers who maybe don't have a background in education uh, decide is what's right. Uh, so um, I think that job security weighs heavy on everybody's mind, and it does impact your job performance. Um, and it, the, the problem is, uh, really, is you have a lot of kids out there uh, that uh, maybe don't have a parent that will advocate for them, that maybe, maybe uh, you know, they, they lost their parents or they're, they're in foster care or, or they don't, maybe their parents don't speak English. The only voice that can speak for them, the only advocate is the teacher. And you're going to silence their voice because they're going to be too afraid to open their mouth because if they say something that or, or, or go against their, their boss, well, you know, they might not have a job next year. And maybe they got their own kids to feed at home. So I don't think they should, that any teacher should should have that uh, uh, have to make that choice every day when they go into work. We're supposed to go in there and we're supposed to advocate for kids. That's what we do. And the, you know, when we defend uh, our teachers, that's that's our you know our favorite thing to do is to defend teachers who have um, you know advocated for are being disciplined for advocating for a kid. So what do you do when you have these issues that you're bringing forward to the administration and you tell them they're as important, if not more important, than pay? And you know that at the end of the day, even if you declare impasse, it always just goes straight back to the board at the end of the day. How do you accomplish anything in negotiations like this? You know, uh, it would be easy for us to just uh, roll over and die and say, uh, yeah, we'll take what, whatever you give us uh, uh, and, you know, whatever you say goes. But uh, uh, that's what, the, you know, a lot of those folks that have been uh, uh, determined to destroy public education have, have, you know, that's what they're banking on. Uh, if, if teachers give up, um, th then we are selling public education down the river. Uh, and, and, you know, we are the equal, the, the great equalizer, you know, every kid, I want to be able to tell every single kid that, that I teach that, Hey, if you work as hard as you can and you do your best, you could possibly someday become president of the United States. I don't want to be able to have to say to a kid, forget a kid because see that big shiny white building over there where people are, are, uh, uh, you know, that charter school where, um, they're paying, uh, not just the the uh, taxpayer money, but uh, wealthy people can add to that money and get a better education than you. That, that I ha that's where the leaders are going to come from. I have a problem with that, and I think that's what they want to do. They want to just give everybody a credit card with like you know x amount of dollars on it and say, hey, here's your taxpayer uh, dollars that you can use any way you want. You don't have to go to a public school. You can go to a religious school. You can go to a. Uh, you can stay home and and uh, study on a computer. You can do whatever you want. Uh, we don't, we want to get out of the business of uh, uh, the government wants to get out of the business of funding public education. So we're just going to give you X amount. It never has to go up. And the problem is, is that if if I can afford to send my kid to a school that's a little bit more money, I'm going to take my X amount of dollars, add what I want, and my kid's going to get a better education than your kid because you can't afford it. And that, that's, that's wrong. Well, I mean, isn't that what private school is right now anyway? Well, let them pay for it then, but taxpayer money shouldn't be a part of that. Okay. 
But, you know, a lot of people would say that, you know, the whole idea of creating more choices and stuff is great. And I've heard a lot of people, well, not a lot, but some people say that teachers are somehow or unions are somehow standing in the way of that, that that they're fighting against choice. Right. What we're fighting for is for our kids. And we are the defenders of public education that make make no doubt about it, that that that's what our purpose is, is to defend public education. if if there are things out there that work, then why not incorporate them into the public education so that every kid can have it? Why why would we want to separate our kids out? So as you go forward in negotiations, and let's say that the district offers you a lot of the language that you're looking for and then doesn't come through with the money, will that be okay? Well, you know, it's part of our job is to try to get as much as we can for our for our teachers. But we're we're not idiots. We know exactly uh, how much money the the district uh, received from the state. We know, you know, we analyze their their financials, and and uh, you know, if there's money there that we feel that we should, we're entitled to, then you know, we're going to ask for it. And but but money is it really is not the big issue. That's not what's standing in the way of us coming to a settlement. What's standing in the way is the fact that right now we have teachers that are so stressed out uh, that, that um, you know, they're going to the hospital uh, uh, thinking that they're having a heart attack when, when it's just a panic attack. You know, uh, we, have, we have teachers that their health is being impacted, their family life is being impacted. And, and the thing is, if a teacher has gotten to the point where you know, there's no joy in teaching anymore, and it, it's just gotten to to the level where you know uh, it's just way too stressful. Um, we're dropping good teachers, we're losing them, and less people are going to go into the profession because they're going to hear about how how stressful it is. And and how does this impact our kids? You know, I mean, uh, kids are very sensitive; they they feel the stress level. Uh, Teachers will have less patience because they're they're on edge. You know that doesn't help. That doesn't help our, our, you know our kids. And you know all these walkthroughs and all these uh, uh, ism visits that the district does as they go through with uh, a bunch of people with clipboards as if our kids are uh, you know lab uh, animals. And they walk in and they and they uh, uh, you know basically rate or you know what's going on in that classroom. Uh, that that kind of stuff just adds more stress to the teacher. It stresses out the kids. Um, it, it's not helping anybody. You know, this isn't a science. It, it's an art. Teaching teaching kids, yes, you do use uh, data. You do use, uh, uh, you know, statistics. But, uh, you know, you, you kids are not numbers. Kids are, are human beings. And, and we, this isn't a factory. We don't build widgets. These are These are... Uh, you know, the future of our country, you know, so, you know, they need to back off and let teachers do what they do, which is um, to teach. And you're, you're taking our time on testing, you're taking our time in meetings and analyzing uh, endless, endless reams of data. Uh, that's, that's not what's helping, what's going to help our kids. Relationships help our kids. Kids, kids that uh, you have time to sit there and, and uh, build a relationship like the ones that we have all had with teachers in the past 
uh, you know, in our past that, that we remember. You know, I remember that teacher, you know, uh, what, what they said, what they did in that class. And, you know, those are the things that, that are going to impact the kids' education. Um, we're spending way too much time. We have too many kids that can't read a clock. We have too many kids that can't sign their name because that stuff's not on a test. That that's ridiculous. So, do you, you have know, any pre- do you have any prediction as to where this is headed, uh, impasse or resolution? We're going to bargain in good faith, and I believe that the district is going to continue to bargain in good faith. So, I think that the impasse is is. Uh, um, I'm hoping it's improbable. You know, it's always possible. I'm sure, but uh, uh, I don't predict it. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. We'll obviously be keeping up on this and. We'll have you back to let us know how everything turned out. Thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. That's the end of our podcast. If you'd like to participate in this conversation, please visit our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook. To keep up on the latest in Florida education breaking news, go to our blog, tampabay.com slash gradebook. And please continue to review and share this podcast with as many people as you'd like. Send us your ideas. We haven't gotten too many, but we'd like to know what you want to hear about so we can include that information in future podcasts. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. Thanks again for listening.